Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 143. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey, oh. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about some more Players' Cup 4 action. And talking about the next format, of course, our Series 10 format with no Dynamax. We have a big tournament to discuss for that, so we're going to talk about some of that metagame. But first, we're going to touch on the Pokemon Players' Cup 4. Uh, of course, we need to get to that Region Final stream, which we're going to talk about. But first, let's get into some topics here. And the, the start of it is uh, talking about the Pokemon Players' Cup Global Finals 4, Players' Cup 4. And rather, not, on, not only just number 4, but actually all of them. And Alex... It is the sad truth that there's been tragedy befallen all four Players' Cups Global Finals in that, you know, we're supposed to have a full roster of uh, 16 players in these tournaments. Some of them did have them, some of them did not. And it seems like Players' Cup 4 is not going to have it. And all four Players' Cup Global Finals have had uh, disqualif- straight up just disqualifications from their tournaments for various different reasons. We have another one for Players' Cup 4 Global Finals. It is actually from a player named Darcy McCarthy from the Oceania region. And basically, this was just a little error from uh, essentially the birthday on the uh, Pokemon account, the Trainer Club account. So as silly a reason as it is, you know, Pokemon decided to disqualify them. And it is sad, but this it's just happened to all the global finals. And it's just such a tragedy thinking about this whole series of tournaments. It's so weird. Uh, like, the the trend originally, everybody was like, oh man, Colossal won both Players' Cups. Like, you know, this is crazy. But the real trend that has continued on through time is that every single Players' Cup has uh, suffered one disqualification. Um, if you want to know about all of those, you're going to have to go uh, kind of check them out on your own. As like, you know, there's a lot of, like, you're, you're going to hear a lot of different sides to the stories as you go and uh, research them. And so, uh, and especially since the uh, the other three uh, involve quite a bit more dar- drama than uh, Darcy's just, you know, birthday error. Um, unfortunate, though, I really don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they're, you know, giving that slot to anybody else, so it's probably going to be one person gets a lucky buy. You know, it really does just kind of sway the whole tournament a little bit. Um, very unfortunate. And uh, we'll have to see how that shakes out in a couple of weeks. Um, like, I guess, uh, Steve, why don't we go ahead and jump ahead to talking a bit about the uh, stream, uh, you know, they, uh, they'll be playing the Global Finals, of course, this weekend, this coming weekend, but uh, you don't know that. I don't know that. That's a big old secret. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> streamed in uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, th- this weekend, actually, though, we will have a stream. This weekend, we'll have a stream for the Region Finals, the the stuff that we've already covered that, uh, you know, again, well, we don't know about that, but uh, the, yeah, the Region not. Finals, <laughs> they'll be showing some of those games from uh, all the different regions, some of those uh, highlight games that, uh, you know, like, winning in games, the players to make it to the Global Finals. Uh, will be streamed July 17th and 18th. Um, it says 11 a.m. time zones are Pacific. Okay. Uh, Pacific Daylight Time, uh, so like California time. Um, yeah. So the, the, the stream for the Region Finals uh, will be streamed Saturday and Sunday this week. And... Um, Wait, let me just make sure. Saturday, Sunday. And then two weeks later, they'll be streaming the Global Finals. They'll be played this weekend, but two weeks later, we'll finally get to see the results of those, um, especially for those who don't get, like, spoiled by, you know, somebody leaking it or something like that. Um, I imagine Steven and I won't be able to cover it until then, just because uh, I don't know if we'll be able to find the results anyway. So, um, 
Probably going to have to wait to watch it with all of you. And, um, yeah, so the Global Finals is going to be July 30th, 31st, and August 1st. Um, and, uh, I think the last bit of news about that is, uh, that we got, like, announced the commentators. Um, we have, uh, Gabby Snyder, Adam Doricott, Sierra Hunter, joined this time by Joe Brown. Uh, Joe Brown, a, uh, known commentator in the community. Uh, I really hope you've heard of Joe if you've, uh, especially if you've been around. Uh, Joe will be making his debut on, uh, the commentary scene for video game. And then, uh, they also announced the, uh, TCG and, uh, Poke- uh, Poken commentators, but I know a lot less about them. Yeah, so I see a lot of familiar names for both the TCG and Pokemon Tournament DX uh, teams. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, this is... uh, I know Joe did the Collinsville Regional, like, as the official Pokemon debut. And then I know this is his first debut for a Players' Cup tournament. Same for Gabby Snyder, even though they are both, you know, relatively seasoned uh, commentators. And then Adam and Sierra, um, this would be their... I think Adam's third, I want to say. Out of the four, and then Sierra's second. So, um, we've got a good crew of commentators here. You know, uh, congratulations to the four of them. They're going to put on a good show for the uh, region finals and global finals. And uh, like you mentioned, we'll see that stream of the global finals later on at the end of the month. That is July 30th, 31st, and August 1st for those three days. And, you know, it'll be nice. I Hopefully that uh, I, we don't get spoiled on those results because you and I had the, I don't know if it's fortune or misfortune of knowing those results beforehand, and it just makes the stream, you know, kind of pointless, which, speaking of, this stream, this coming mean, weekend for the region finals, you know, we, we just mentioned, we talked about these results last week already, so we know them, and again, kind of pointless to watch this stream, especially for us when we've mostly moved on from the format and this tournament as well, so that's kind of a important point. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I'll be checking out any of it, uh, I think, uh, and I, I mean, I might, like, look into it a little bit just because Twitch chat in these uh, official Pokemon events is terrible, it's so funny. The Twitch chat. Uh, <laughs> the Twitch chat's always so, so silly, like, they, they just talk about, like, you know, oh man, I can't believe that Cinderace went for high jump kick, I didn't even know it learned that move, and it's just like, you know, the, the VGC veterans are all just like, it it always runs that move, are you kidding me? Like, it, it's just like, a constant battle between the the newbies and the veterans and um and just Twitch chat just being Twitch chat. Mhm. Um I guess then that's really all that there is to say about the stream. Check it out this weekend, check it out in uh 2 weeks after that. And uh we'll see how Players Cup 4 wraps up. Uh speaking of Players Cup 4 though, um there's also the uh power rankings for the um the region finals. The uh, article has come out from uh, Pokemon. You know, the uh, they got the usual team together. They got, um, let me read out the five here. They've got Justin Burns, Gabby Snyder, uh, Pokey Alex, or that's Alex Gomez. Um, then we have uh, Lee Provost, or, or Osiris, and uh, Aaron Trailer. Unreality. Um, so they, they all go over, uh, they all get like two Pokemon apiece, go over some like top ten Pokemon in the Series 9 metagame. And then they um, give their parting shots and stuff. And th- this is just uh, an article that we're definitely not going to like read through or anything. We've talked about these ones several times in the past. Uh, it's just a cool thing that if you want to get a bit of a uh, insight into the meta from a lot of uh, top minds, uh, definitely go check it out. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. You know, we've had a majority of all these people on our show in the past, so you know we know that we personally know the the article, the the the, the writing team. And as well as just like, you know, we've heard from them on the show before, 
And it's always cool, like, knowing the writers and just uh, check this article out. It's always neat seeing these power rankings and what they think, despite uh, most people moving on from the metagame. And, you know, this is really for, I feel like, the more casual audience, even though it's still insightful coming from these um, bright minds from the game. So, uh, also just want to point out Gabby doing a lot of double duty here with uh, doing commentary and having to be part of this uh, article. And I'm sure she's uh, happy to contribute to both sides of these things. Yeah, and no, even so, uh, Gabby was also, I think, working production on the uh, Series 10 tournament we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Oh, sweet! Um, yeah, so Gabby really, uh, you know, in dipping her fingers into all the different... Uh, uh, what is that the phrase? I don't even know if I'm using the right phrase, but you know, playing a part in all these different parts of the uh, VGC scene. Wearing a lot of hats. Wearing a <laughs> lot of hats, so many hats, so man. Uh, man, you remember the free hats, Steven? All the free hats that uh, you would yes, get with your tournament entry? From all the regionals and stuff. I have this whole stack, like, in my room, um, just hanging on a hanger, right? And mm-hmm. they've just been untouched for so long that they're all just dusty. And I don't want to move them because I don't want that dust to fly around. I also don't want to clean them because I'm lazy. And it's just cool seeing them all hang there and stuff, but it's so many hats. And I will tell you, I'm not a fan. I don't like wearing hats, so they're kind of just going to stay there. Yep. I have mine all in a box because I couldn't (laughs) find anywhere else better to put them, and they take up all that space in the box, and I am also not a hat person, so darn. Darn. Anyways, um, (laughs) Stephen, you were uh, just telling me about this before the show. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and talk about the um, little bit of a, I guess, realization about the battle competitions. Sure. So since we've started... Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, I believe, and don't make, don't think like this is a 100% guarantee, but I believe, um, when I look through that each month in, there's only been one battle competition each month of the game that's come out. Even some months have not had one, I think, but they've uh, been limiting it to only one battle competition per month. So that'd be things like, I don't know, the Spike Myth Cup, the like legendary tournament for when the Crown Tundra came out, you know, whatever it is, can be anything. And uh, this month for July is known as the Water Paradise. I think it's only allowing Water-type Pokemon. I don't even know, to be honest, if it's singles or doubles. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, July's slot for a battle competition has been taken up by this Water Paradise tournament. In fact, it's this upcoming weekend, the play for it, July 16th through 18th. So registration is ongoing, has been for the last few weeks already. And with that, you know, part of these online competitions have been our Players' Cup qualifiers those online qualifiers and we know it's not gonna be one for this month kind of like how we had that weird overlap between players cup three and four doing that and obviously there's still still room for august to host that online qualifier and maybe we still have more players uh players cup five stuff happening a the rest of this year but we also have some other like conflicting points that as we've uh, discussed in the past like the Players' Cup 25th Anniversary Exhibition, that wasn't, uh, Invitational in August next month, as well as that Global Exhibition in October. So, I think I'm sure they could do both, all of those things, as well as Players' Cup 5, but uh, we're also, like, really antsy for the uh, potential return to live event circuits, and again, I just don't know what the future holds, so this is just a little bit speculation on my point, but... We're not having it this month, and I don't know what to expect uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah, we're really just kind of waiting. I mean, like, uh, we got Players' Cup 4 announced kind of early. Um, so, uh, that, like, we're kind of just, like, 
I don't know. Again, like I just, I just want to use the same terminology, but we're just waiting. We're waiting to see uh, what's going to be happening. And there's a lot of like, I don't know. They they, they just constantly break these patterns, you know, where they're announcing the um, Players Cup 25th anniversary tournament, the global exhibition, and you know, we're just wondering, you know, is the cycle going to be broken? You know, is Players Cup five going to happen? Are they ending it off with four? A lot of things seem to be pointing to maybe them just ending it off with four, at least just. If you uh, do a bit of speculating, I guess. But we don't know for sure. Uh, however, there won't be one this month. We'll have to see if they're going to do one at all uh, next month. That would be where they would, you know, kick it all off. That's where they would have the, the qualifiers. The next the next first stage of the three-part tournament that is Players' Cup. Uh, and that's really all there is to say on that. All right, Steven, is there anything else? No, I don't really have much more to say about all that other than but we'll see what happens, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's uh go ahead and um you know uh wrap this episode up. No, let's uh go ahead and uh <laughs> take us over to the final uh topic of discussion, which is just series ten. Uh, there's going to be a tournament that we're going to be talking about it as well as kind of the format, um, first impressions and such. We talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, early format things change a lot, things are happening fast, and so there's uh going to be a lot to talk about now. Um, the main thing here though was there is a, a tournament held over the weekend. Uh, by the uh, organization, uh, I th- they're at, at Battlefront VGC on Twitter, but it's called the Battle Frontier. Um, and the Battle Frontier is a joint organization run by Joe UX9 and Necra, um, who you both um, should be very familiar with if you're in the VGC community. Uh, Joe UX9 uh, is the Twitter of Joe, and then at N E K K R A uh, is at Necra for uh, Rosemary's Twitter. Now the the two of them. Host, we're uh, planning to host a uh, no Dynamax tournament um, with, I think, Urshifu and Gothitel band. It was basically just kind of a uh, a format that a lot of people thought might be a good time. However, shortly before the tournament was actually going to be held, maybe a week, maybe a little bit more in advance, they announced that they'll be changing to Series 10 because, you know, it had just come out. It was all the hype, and this is what people were interested in trying out. And so this was going to be, like, the the very first major uh maybe not the very first but like the largest major for uh series 10 so early on in its life cycle and uh it did get quite a few people into it uh there was like roughly 380 entrants i'm not sure exactly how many people checked in and played um and so that that's like nine rounds they had a top cut an x and two top cut which uh ended up being about like 31 players so close to being exactly 32 but you know that just means a uh 32 man bracket with one person getting a buy, and uh, we have uh, pretty much all the teams from top thirty-two here, but we're going to be uh, kind of sticking to just the top eight and uh, talking a bit about uh, what did well in this uh, very first series ten tournament. Yeah, so I just want to point out how, like you know, Twitter sadly has, mo- like most uh, online sites, just has a lot of uh, character limits with what you can do. So you know, Battle Frontier VGC would have sounded really cool, but I think they're just kind of limited there. And, you know, otherwise, you know, what originally started out as just a for fun grassroots tournament to kind of get people, you know, excited about Pokemon again, just to play something different from the current format, which at the time was the uh, Series 9 one, which uh, everyone had kind of moved on and was uh, really over with. So this is a a really cool thing. Plus, this was one of the first uh, tournaments with for Series 10. It was a very large one. So these results can be pretty impactful. And how how we've been saying, like, some of the first and early tournaments from a format 
can be really defining in how a metagame is developed and shaped and uh, moves and progresses. Yeah, the, the, a lot of people are going to be looking at this and saying, you know, like, okay, this is the metagame. This is what I need to beat. Uh, these are the team. These are also going to be solid teams to grab inspiration from. You know, if you were like wondering, you know, hey, I wanted to build a Groudon team. How do I do that? Well, you might be able to look at some of the teams that were used in this tournament to uh, give yourself some idea of where to start. And so uh, let's go ahead and dive right into the uh, the results here, Stephen. This tournament was won by, uh, and we're going to refer to these players almost exclusively, um, unless I know otherwise what their names are, uh, just referring to them by their usernames, as I don't think we have a, there's no graphic for Stephen and I to look at yet, sadly. I imagine they'll post one on the Battlefront VGC Twitter soon. But we'll probably just be referring to them as usernames because we don't really have any um, on the real names. So, uh, the tournament was won by uh, Torviv. Uh, Torviv is um, somebody who has been doing very well in uh, the past couple of months. I remember actually I played them in the finals of the uh, VR tournament that I was a uh, uh, runner-up in uh, a couple of months ago, if you guys remember that. And they won with a team of Kyogre, Tornadus, Serena, Regialucky, Incineroar, and Shedinja. So uh, we're already back at it, Steven. You know, uh, the, the GS Cup metas, they, they are new. This tournament, this format feels new, but a lot of it does stay the same. We've got um, Torn Ogre back at it again. We've got Shedinja doing what it does best in uh, these legendary formats. And... Um, a lot of the other Pokemon are just, like, uh, players that we've seen before. Regieleki and Incineroar were good in all the formats that they were legal. Uh, Serena, I, I would say, is the, the one that's, like, on the rise lately, just because Fake Out becomes very good when you can't Dynamax to ignore it. Uh, and so Queenly Majesty really uh, playing in uh, there. Yeah, totally. Like, it's going to be extremely important to just help block priority, especially from with, uh, with Fake Out being... You know, a much better move when Dynamax is no longer a factor anymore. You can fake out whatever is not Ghost or Inner Focus or is um, immune to that kind of thing. So it's really important to just have that ability to block some of those uh, priority moves. And, you know, just this just this whole composition, you know, strikes so much familiarity from anyone who played back in the 2019 season. You know, uh, Sun Series is one of the closest things you can come to this, you know, having a Stricted Pokemon as well as uh, no, like, crazy mechanic from the game. So this one has no Dynamax, and you can see that there's, a, there's like, a lot of classic good Pokemon here on this team. You know, everyone just goes back to what they're comfortable with, and Kyogre, as we've seen back in Series 8, as we've seen years in the past, you know, is as strong as ever. And, you know, nothing... It's just incredible how good that a... Water Spout spread base move like that with 150 base power at full health in the rain does to so many teams tear so many holes. Yeah, you. Uh, I mean, like, what's funny is that Kyogre, uh, they, it just doesn't get power crept. Weather is still as strong as ever. Uh, however, they just keep giving it new and more and more new tools to uh, get away with. You know, like oftentimes it feels like as the game power creeps, it's just giving Kyogre better partners. Um, Serena, you know, one that came in in the last generation, but man, it'd be really nice to be able to just like grassy glide that, uh, Kyogre. Oh, but there's a Serena there. And then, you know, you want to use your, uh, Regieleki to beat it, but, uh, Serena's going to just take that thing down with a power whip. Um, the one thing that they did do 
somewhat nicely for uh, us is they didn't give Serena faint anymore. They removed that from his move pool. So you are allowed to click wide guard in the face of Serena and Kyogre and uh, maybe find yourself some refuge from the water spouts. However, um, they on the flip side of that coin, they did give Serena triple axel, which means your grass types, your Rillaboom, your Amoongus, that could normally sit there in front of these two Pokemon and take a water spout, take whatever move Serena's going to throw out, are going to be dealing with a 120 base power, essentially, uh, ice move. Uh, it's got a bit shaky accuracy, but man, it can do damage. Serena has an attack stat. It really can kick. Totally. <laughs> it's got a really strong legs, too. And uh, again, I we have to comment on the Shedinja. It is insane how Shedinja always shines in any of these form. Well, most of the formats when there is are the restricted legendaries present. So you know, most of the legendaries. I don't. Know, I don't know. Most is probably the wrong word, but a lot of the legendaries can struggle with um, this Pokemon because of its ability. It can only be hit by those super effective moves, um, taken out with other like status effects. Otherwise, and Shedinja, you know. Still proving its worth, you know. Kyogre for the most Kyogre for the most part cannot touch it. Xerneas can't touch it. You know, those are two prominent Pokemon right now. It's crazy seeing Shedinja win this tournament here. It's uh, almost not surprising in a way. And you know, just over the years, you see Shedinja on several teams getting uh, top finishes in like international level tournaments, worlds even, and even going back to like the restricted legendary format of 2010. You know, the classic, uh, if people remember that, that classic duel of, uh, Top Ogre, which was him on Top Kyogre, that Choice Scarf Kyogre would run, uh, moves like Water Spout, Thunder, Blizzard, and the last move was typically actually Hidden Power Flying, specifically for Shedinja and then other grass types as well. But it's just funny how much, uh, you've got to just keep, uh, keep in mind Shedinja for these restricted legendary formats. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is actually the only Shedinja in the top cut. Crazy. I think we'll uh, see some more of it going forward. And um, it is just, a, it's a very strong Pokemon. We didn't mention that it also uh, gives Zacian a hard time. Zacian does have the option to run, like, coverage moves to hit uh, Shedinja. I mean, I think so does, like, Kyogre and Xerneas, maybe, if they chose to run some pretty bad moves. You know, like, I think Kyogre might learn Ancient Power or something, and then, like, Xerneas might learn, like, you know, Night Slash or something. I don't even know. Zacian has the option to run, like, Crunch, but uh, it typically likes to stick to those Steel and uh, Fighting-type moves alongside a move like Substitute or, you know, maybe the occasional player for Wild Charge or Swords Dance or something. However, um, if it's choosing any of those moves that aren't Crunch, it's not hitting Shedinja. A uh, real threat there. Now, uh, let's talk about another special Pokemon that likes to uh, pop up when we're in these restricted formats. And that uh, appears on the uh, second place team, the runner-up, uh, with the username of Arctar. Or Art. Is it Artcar or is it Arctar? Um... Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is this a typo or is it just Artcar yeah. and not Arctar? <laughs> let, me, uh, let me check the, uh, the battle fee page because I imagine they signed up with the name they would like to be uh, referred to. And that is Artcar. Okay. So, um, Artcar had a team of Kyogre, Tornadus, Incineroar, Serena, that seems familiar, Urshifu, Dark, and Ditto. So, uh, let's, uh, we talked a lot about the other Pokemon on the team. I mean, Torn Ogre, uh, we explained that in a lot of episodes, um, you know, including ones in Series 8, including ones back in the day in Sun Series, Moon Series, and maybe even Ultra Series. Um, so I I'm done talking about those guys. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Ditto, though. Um, Ditto 
is, of course, you know, it has that imposter ability. It allows it to transform into the Pokemon across from it when it is switched in. So if you switch it in on the right side, it's going to transform into the Pokemon that's on the uh, opponent's side on the right side from your perspective. I think it might be their left side then. Uh, that's how it works when you uh, flip the camera 180, huh? Anyway, um, so it's it's a consistent transform, and it's really good when you have Pokemon like Xerneas going for Geomancy, and then you're like, well, I'll have that too. When you switch it in on Zacian, and Zacian has the Intrepid Sword giving it a free plus one, well, when your Ditto transforms into Zacian, it copies the boost, and then also activates Intrepid Sword, so you have a plus two Zacian. And it also has an item. In this case, uh, this was a Choice Scarf Ditto. Yeah. Uh, so which means you're always you're always faster than that opposing Zacian, and you're hitting harder. Um, it's also really good to transform into a Kyogre. You know, you can just have a Scarf Kyogre. It's it's honestly good into any restricted. It's uh, such an incredible Pokemon um, when you can just take your opponent's most powerful piece and say, "I'll have that too." Yeah, it gives you that that nice little bonus there on your team. Plus, you you can really play the field and just say, "Okay." So I know we're in a format where only one restricted Pokemon is allowed, but I'm going to let myself have two, which is pretty nice. It's going to give you a lot of power, too, behind your team. And, uh, Alex, I want to just point out in the bracket before we get back to the teams here, because I think this is really funny. If you go back to the bracket on Battlefy, where it says, uh, go to the sixth seed. So there is, uh, uh-huh. I believe this region is, uh, AU is, it's Australia, right? Not Austria. And the username here is Gold, and I think that's just great because that's for the <laughs> elemental symbol, just like your initials here, which we've mentioned before. But we have yeah. um, this player who goes by Gold from this region AU, and I thought it was really funny. Yeah, yeah, they made it into the uh, top 16. Uh, I wonder what they uh, used, since we do have all of the top 32 teams here. I don't know if that's going to be made available anywhere, uh, so apologies that... Um, you might not be able to check these all out for yourselves, but uh, there are definitely like pictures circulating on Twitter of all of the uh, six that people used. This was a uh, Shadow Rider team from them with the Weezing. Oh man, that is a very crazy looking team. But um, yeah, Steven, do you have any more comments on this uh, runner-up team before we kind of move along the line? Not really. It's just, again, like, uh, you know, one of the typical builds for a Tornadus Kyogre team and then just with some other flair in there, you know, with, the, in this case, Urshifu and the Choice Scarf Ditto, which, again, are cool choices. So let's go ahead and talk about um, this player who, Susej, or Susjay, I really am not sure how the name is supposed to be pronounced. Apologies. Um, they have a team of Palkia, Urshifu Dark, Incineroar, Amoongus, Regieleki, and Landorus Incarnate. Uh, get used to us saying that, because you see a lot more Landorus Eye in these uh, no Dynamax formats. Um, but yeah, this is a Palkia team, making it all the way to the top four. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I remember way back when the Crown Tundra first came out, I was like, Landorus Incarnate is going to find its time at some point, and I guess it had to wait almost a year, but I finally got something right on this show. And we see the Landorus Incarnate, you know, coming back to the uh, special variant. You know, this is one that won Gavin Michaels the 2013 U.S. National Championships, a special uh, Landorus like this. So, you know, we, we talked about this even uh, last time on the show, how, you know, a Landorus theory with Intimidate, you know, you don't necessarily want to uh, proc some of those uh, abilities like Defiant or, uh, what's it called, Competitive. And, like, Galarian Zapdos has been picking up a bit because... There's a serious lack of uh, flying moves now that we don't have airstreams, so uh, it's one of the few brave, good Brave Bird users and stuff. 
So, also, just like um, Rillaboom being on several teams, Earthquake gets weakened by that grassy terrain. So, if uh, I still want good strong, I want strong ground type coverage, so I'm just going to rely on the special landers instead. And so many teams are just disrespectful of the ground type because Rillaboom is everywhere. It's everywhere, everywhere. And so, um, you can just go for Earth Power into the opposing team, and there are several teams that might not even have a single Pokemon that's floating. And oftentimes, Landorus doesn't care if you uh, resist it. It's going to be doing so much damage. And the most common resist in the metagame is that Rillaboom. Uh, so you can just go for a, a Sheer Force Sludge Bomb into it to get a lot of damage. You know, it really just does so much. Uh, and then most people opt to run a Substitute on it uh, with Protect as the last moves. Uh, but it does have the option to go for something like Psychic, if you're interested in doing more damage to, like, a Moongus, or you can go for a rock move like Stone Edge if you are interested in hitting the opposing Flying-type Pokemon for more damage, something like a Ho-Oh, or a uh, Thunderous or something. And um, as for the rest of the team, uh, there's not uh, anything too noteworthy, you know. All of these Pokemon that you've been seeing are still doing similar things um, to what they had been doing, despite no Dynamax, you know. Urshifu is still a Sash, Amoongus is still running the same four moves that it's been using, where this one opts to have Clear Smog as its attack. Incineroar, the same old thing, Magnet, Regieleki, a lot of the things are still just as they have been, but um, there are going to be a lot of things that will be uh, different, of course. Let's go ahead and move on to the other top four team. This was the oh, Zacian a... team. Go ahead. Sorry, I just had a quick comment about this, uh, the Palkia as they're restricted here. So, sorry, just before we move on, is that how, like, so I know, I understand that this, this team, this player got to, you know, third place, fourth place, whatever you want to say, tied for third, and this got deep into this tournament, but it's the only Palkia in the top cut. Again, I don't know the full usage on these restricted legendaries, but it's the only Palkia in the top cut. It is the, this Palkia did get to third, so it did finish highly, but, I think there's a reason we only see one, and, you know, it's still a, a Pokemon that kind of worries me in the Restricted Legendary formats. Like, it has a it has a niche and isn't clearly is not as strong as some of the other favorites out there based on usage. Yeah, I mean, like, let's look at the, uh, the Restricteds that see the most use, and that would be uh, kind of the four that I mentioned, I think, maybe in the last episode. You see a lot of Shadow Rider, Zacian, uh, Xerneas, and Kyogre. And I think the one thing that separates those four from Palkia is the ability. You know, they, they all have great stats. They all have great move pools. It's just that Palkia doesn't have this ability giving it such impressive uh, bonuses. You know, Kyogre with that free 1.5 to the water moves, as well as all the other benefits it gets to, you know, providing, uh, allowing her, Hurricane from Tornadus and stuff. Xerneas giving it a free 1.33 boost on all fairy moves. Uh, basically means you just don't get to resist fairy. It does so much damage. Uh, Zacian with the free plus one. Uh, and uh, Calyrex, you know, two abilities, <laughs> even on <Right>. that thing. <laughs> um, it's got unnerve and beast boost. So um, it just gets to, you know, really spiral out of control. And so Palkia, you know, it's got pressure, which I will say pressure is okay in uh, these metagames because, you know, Water Spout has eight PP. And there you go. You just burn two of them. However, if your plan involves you taking, like, four water spouts, you know, the rest of your Pokemon might not be doing so well. Um, and uh, the other ability it has is Telepathy. However, self-hitting moves um, 
aren't doing so well right now because I think the main candidate for that would normally be Earthquake, and Rillaboom is everywhere. So, you know, Telepathy really doesn't give you a lot either. And so Palkia, I think, is just falling behind in the ability department. But other than that, I mean, it does uh, have an impressive move pool, impressive stats. And so um, the, the unique typing that it gives uh, allows it to do well into certain restricteds, like Zacian, like um, Kyogre. And so uh, it's definitely an all-right Pokemon. Um, and this one opted to have an Assault Vest. With uh, three attacks, Thunder, Spatial Rand, Hydro Pump, Flamethrower. It's just got all the coverage. You know, it, it can definitely make itself useful in a variety of matchups. Yeah, and the uh, Palkia, you know, specifically for this team, you know, couldn't really utilize Telepathy with any of its teammates. So it makes sense this has Pressure. But I don't need to tell you, I don't need to tell our audience as well, that Pressure is really just like the most vanilla ability you can give to any legendary Pokemon. So that's, it's, it's sad, but, you know, Palkia, you gotta... Make do with what you got, I guess. Yeah, I really think that they were just, like, trying to keep the Legends from being too powerful back then. That was their way of balancing them, is them giving them all the stats and the moves, and then uh-huh. and then just saying, alright, but don't worry, it doesn't really have a very threatening ability. Um, and so they then, threw that all out. <laughs> then, they did, then they just said, you know, what if we just gave all of the Legendaries absurd abilities? Oh my gosh. Speaking of absurd abilities, we have the Zacian. On this next team, Zacian Crown, of course, with uh, a team, uh, this is from Wanma, uh, the other top four. A team of Zacian, Suicune, Incineroar, Rillaboom, Urshifu, and Landorus. Um, the uh, Pokemon that I want to talk about mostly here, because a lot of these, again, are just very standard sets, is that Suicune. Suicune really shining in this metagame. It gets Tailwind, and most important of all, it has Inner Focus. Fake Out being so popular makes Inner Focus a really nice ability to have, and... With the introduction of the ability patch, uh, all the uh, legendary dogs get to run Inner Focus now. Um, and it's much preferred to their other ability, as we had been talking about. Pressure. Uh, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, uh, so yeah, much preferred to have Inner Focus. The immunity to fake out, uh, immunity to fake out and intimidate if you're Entei, uh, Suicune and Raikou, much prefer to be going special attacking. But um, yeah, this is really, really uh, sick that you can just, you know... Oftentimes, uh, somebody's game plan might be, all right, I'm going to, you know, fake out the Tailwind setter and target the opposing Pokemon for a KO, and they won't be able to protect Tailwind safely. However, if your game plan does revolve around getting Tailwind up turn one, Suicune can do that relatively well, uh, because, you know, it gets around that fake out. It can't play around everything, you know, taunt, whatever, but you have another Pokemon too. So, uh, it's just interesting that, um, how many different Pokemon you can run Interfocus with now, um... Even the other day, Steven, I was uh, playing some showdown with some friends, and we uh, we tried out a team of uh, Calyrex Shadow and five Pokemon with Inner Focus, just saying, like, you know, we're never getting faked out. We don't even need Serena. We're just, you yep. can't click the move fake out. And the team worked okay, funnily enough. Um, yeah, like, Inner Focus, very strong right now. I wouldn't be surprised by all that, even though it was kind of a joke, but uh, people rely on fake out so much to help set up a strategy or just for being able to control the board position that when you can't do that anymore, like, uh, it's surprising how many plans can fall apart. And that's why we'll see a lot of uh, Serena as well. I mean, there was quite a bit of Serena in in this cut. Oftentimes, actually almost exclusively in this cut, was it paired with uh, Kyogre, but I think you'll see Serena on some other archetypes too going forward. Let's go ahead and finish it off with the uh, the top eight teams here, uh, starting off with uh, Kunal. Kunal um, had a team of 
Uh, Xerneas, Incineroar, Volcarona, Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, and Regieleki. I believe a team reported this team uh, just went out on Adi's channel, so you can definitely get more information about this team as well. This is like a pretty popular Xerneas archetype from the beginning of the format that Kunal kind of popularized and was able to take all the way to top 8 here. Um, the main things to look at here, I would say, because like a lot of these Pokemon are just stuff that we've seen, um, the main thing to look at is the Volcarona. Volcarona being very good in this format now because of the prevalence of the two fairy-type restricteds. Xerneas and um, Zacian really don't enjoy Volcarona. You know, you're redirecting Behemoth Blade, and while it might do a lot of damage to Volcarona, they are running bulk so that they can take at least three uh, with the Citrus Berry. And the, every time you hit it, there's a 30% chance you proc Flame Body. That is a very scary situation to be in when you're running Zacian. Uh, and then if you're facing a Xerneas, you can struggle bug it down uh, so that the uh, special attack boosts that come from Geomancy are ignored. And then you are just able to Rage Powder anyway any Moon Blasts. When Xerneas is stuck going for Dazzling Gleam at plus one, plus zero, or minus one, uh, it's not going to be doing a lot of damage. And so uh, Volcarona is a very solid support Pokemon right now. Yeah, that's definitely one of the key factors for it. Um, also, it's uh, typing. So, like you said, you know, it already has a naturally high special defense stat, so it can help take some of those fairy moves from the Xerneas. And, you know, most of the coverage moves that uh, Zacian runs, so, like, other, otherwise, like, Sacred Sword or Play Rough, that also, res it also resists it. So, always nice to try and get those flame body burns. Um, another part is just, like, well, with this team specifically, you'd kind of be, if that were an Amoongus instead, you'd be overlapping on Grass-types, but even though you're overlapping on Fire-types, they do a lot of different things for this team. I think the redirection is a big part of it, too. You know, just being able to, again, help support your Restricted Legendary, help support the team, and Volcarona is a Pokemon we're going to be seeing a lot more of in this format moving forward, I think. Yeah, the, the team was basically Xerneas, and then all of the mid-range mons you can find, the ones that are providing the fake-out, the Rage Powders... The, uh, you know, Regilucky with the speed control and Urshifu with just, like, solid, you know, consistent damage. And I think we mentioned how um, Azashian team got to top four, Xerneas got to the top eight here, and we still got more to talk about. But those two are Pokemon I fully expect to see big victories out of in the coming weeks and months of this format. And because they're very good Pokemon, they're a lot easier to support in this, for uh, in this particular format. So they're definitely going to get more play and they're gonna see we're gonna see some big victories from them too yes yes and so uh they, they are also i think the uh two most common restricteds in the top cut maybe kyogre is tied with xerneas at five each yeah it looks like that and then zation has a whole 10 of the top 32 spots i think i keep saying top 32 it's like 31 but it's close enough anyway let's go ahead and talk about uh the next team from uh blarahan um rajan um a good friend of mine used a team of uh, Groudon, Driftblim, Rillaboom, Regieleki, Incineroar, and Neolego. Uh, so this was a interesting take on the uh, the Driftblim uh, strategy. You know, we were so used to seeing Driftblim with the uh, Psychic Seed, but uh, you got to remember that it it can use any item, uh, any of the items that activate with a terrain boost. Rillaboom being everywhere, it makes sense to uh, try it out with Grassy Seed. And so it also works out that Grassy Terrain can overwrite Misty Terrain if you're facing a opposing Tapu Fini, so that your Driftblim can go for moves like Will-O-Wisp or Hypnosis. Uh, and then in terms of other things that this team was doing, it was uh, setting up Tailwind with the Driftblim to support a Groudon clicking the uh, 
the moves Presbos Blades, and uh, more importantly, uh, Heat Crash. Heat Crash is a very fun new move for Groudon. Um, you know, the other things on Rajan's team might be interesting. You know, there's also a Neolego, but it's just doing the same things we've seen Neolego doing, which is that power meteor beam. I want to talk about this Groudon, Steven. Um, Me too. So Heat Crash is a move that Groudon had available to it in Series 8, but Heat Crash is a weight-based move, and weight-based moves do not work on Dynamax Pokemon. It was kind of an inferior option to something else that Groudon might want to use. And Heat Crash is actually pretty cool on um, Groudon because you essentially give Groudon Flare Blitz. Um, however, you don't take Recoil. Uh, there are a couple of Pokemon that are heavier that are going to take smaller base power damage from Heat Crash. Uh, then, you know, you know, maybe Fire Punch would be better. But uh, it has some pretty uh, insane damage calcs associated with it. Heat Crash can, like, one-shot Rillaboom, even at minus one. Because you basically just gave Groudon Flare Blitz. And oh, that is so good. I don't even want to think about bringing back Primal Groudon. Giving Groudon the extra weight, the stab typing on Heat Crash. Man, that would be a nightmare. But, uh, yeah, Heat Crash is a really awesome move to have on Groudon. Um... Another thing that I saw a lot from when I was watching Rajan play with this team is Heat Crash just taking out the uh, the flying type Pokemon. You know, like like a Landorus Eye was just like sitting there, and then Groudon's just like, "You're not safe." You know, you may be immune to Pressless Blades, but you still take one hundred percent from Heat Crash, right? Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting take on the Fire type move for a Groudon. You know, one we really haven't seen before. And it's nice that we can finally see Groudon be able to use this. And I think it's worth the trade-off for doing, you know, some, you know, small minor amounts of damage to some other Pokemon. But it's uh, definitely worth it when you can do all this damage to a bunch of uh, the other common threats in the metagame right now, which is great. Yeah, Amoongus, Rillaboom, Landorus, a lot of Pokemon, like, that weigh significantly less. And the Pokemon that you uh, are hitting less for Heat Crash, those like restricted legendaries, yeah, just hit them with the Precipice Blades. You know that move also does a lot of damage. Right. Now let's move on to the uh, the next team here. Uh, I'm struggling to find it. Oh, that would be uh, Serapis. Uh, this is Jeremy Rodriguez. Uh, had a Zacian team consisting of Zacian, Rillaboom, Incineroar, Thunderous Incarnate, uh, Landorus, Therian, and uh, Urshifu Rapid Strike. So, um, let's see, the things I want to point out on this team are, one, uh, the, I think just mainly the genies here, Steven, you know, and, like, I mean, that sounds funny, because, you know, genies have always been a VGC, they, they've always been relevant, why, why is this newsworthy? But, uh, we haven't really seen any other support Thunderous, however, I do think that that set is going to make a solid comeback and be good in this format. Uh, Defiant Thunderous is going to pretty much fall straight off the face of the earth because, you know... Yeah, with no Dynamax, you don't want to be using Fly as a physical flying move. That's that's no good anymore. Nope. Uh, it's really not going to cut it. So the Prankster set uh, still has a lot of things going for it. Thunder Wave or Scary Face for speed control. Taunt, always good. Uh, Eerie Impulse to keep special attackers at bay. And then Thunderbolt just for an attacking move. Uh, this Landorus was a uh, pretty interesting one. The Landorus Therian had a Rocky Helmet. Uh, maybe to punish uh, Zacian, as well as, like, you know, Urshifu Rapid Strike. If it's going to take you out, it's going to have to take three chips of uh, Rocky Helmet or so. Uh, and then it also has Earth Power, Rock Tomb, U-Turn Protect. So this Landorus really not opting to uh, function like any of the Landorus we've seen in the past year plus. Um, you know, just doing damage with the, the Earth Power around grassy terrain, Rock Tomb for speed control, and U-Turn and Protect just to keep it safe and pivot out. 
Yeah, when you look at this Landorus a lot closer, this is actually more of a support one. Uh, you're just, yeah. you have Intimidate, you're using U-Turn to get in and out. Uh, speed Control with the Rock Tomb, Earth Power is just a stab move on the special side, so it's even mixed. Yes, and so, um, yeah, just a support, uh, support genies. Both these genies just supporting things. Um, lastly, uh, Marco Fierro's team is a pretty exciting one, and I think Marco just put out a team report of it uh, today on his YouTube channel. Um, this team features Lunala, Incineroar, Stakataka, Tapufini, Serena, and Ditto. Uh, this is a very familiar composition to me and, uh, anybody that probably played in the, uh, 2019 year. Um, I got second place at a regional with these five, and then I had a real restricted over the fake restricted Ditto. Uh, I had a Groudon. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you face a Groudon team, you can have the old, uh, the old boys together. But, um... Yeah, Lunala is got a couple of things going for it uh, that make it pretty cool. You know, a lot of people are going to be like, well, isn't it just Shadow Rider, but worse? Um, the things that I think make Lunala really awesome is it has, one, Shadow Shield. Shadow Shield makes it incredibly bulky, whereas Ghost Rider is a bit on the frail side. This thing is taking super effective dark moves from even the Veltal, uh, thanks to Shadow Shield. Uh, as well as, you know, taking very little damage from all of these super strong attacks from the other Restricteds, as long as that Shadow Shield is unbroken. Um, you know, Behemoth Blade, plus two Moonblast from Xerneas. Um, it can even live a Astral Barrage from um, from uh, Shadow Rider with the right EV spread, uh, just thanks to Shadow Shield. Um, and then the other cool thing that it has going for it is Wide Guard, a very good move in this format, considering how many strong spread moves there are. Water Spout, Dazzling Gleam, Astral Barrage, uh, you name it. And then lastly, it has that Meteor Beam, that new tool that we might have talked about in Series 8, but uh, I think will be even cooler now, giving you the free plus one special attack on a very strong special attacker, allowing it to hit and KO Incineroar. Uh, you know, something that Calyrex Shadow is going to really struggle to do. Yeah, this was a tool that uh, Lunala did not have in the past format of uh, 2019, which, you know, made Incineroar one of its worst nightmares. And, you know, now at least it has a way to hit back with it for that turn, as long as that move connects. And even at, even and if you do, you're, you're going to be sitting at plus one after that. You can just keep firing off Moongeist beams. And as we know, those uh, those that move in particular ignores the opponent's abilities. So that's really nice to be having something really consistent like that. And then, um, otherwise, like the rest of the team, you got the Ditto, which is cool. And otherwise, it's all really supportive. They've got uh, screens from Tapu Fini. You got Trick Room to set up for the team. So, I'm um, not surprised to see this really solid. You know, some of the things we've noticed from all the teams we've talked about in the top eight, you know, uh, some appearances from Ditto, lots of Serena, Incineroar, um, if people have been paying attention, has been listed on all of the top eight teams. That, is, again, is not a surprise because um, Incineroar is quite a good Pokemon. And uh, we've seen some of these surprise restricteds here. And I think it's important to, like, you know, be prepared for the metagame. You know, those top four or five restricteds we've been talking about already. But also, you know, it's early. It's now's like one of the best times to just explore, find that niche, find something cool you want to play with. And uh, there are, like, a bunch of other teams from this top cut, too, that we could uh, talk about. A lot of them do have a uh, bit of a formulaic approach to what how the team looks, though. Um... We uh -huh. have uh, an image as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look into. let me let me break down some of the things in this image, Stephen. Sure. Um, first off, we have uh, every team except for one has an Incineroar. Um, <laughs> there you go. So that that's one thing that you might you know if you're starting a team building, uh, <laughs> if you're going to start team building, 
maybe consider putting Incineroar on your team. Uh, now, jokes aside, the, the one team that didn't have Incineroar did have Incineroar, uh, Incineroar's world just broken up into two Pokemon. Uh, instead, it has Hitmontop and Entei. Uh, from Phantom, uh, this is actually Famton Evil. Uh, I know that they like spell it differently. Um, yeah, Fam, Phantom, Phantom. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, so they had a team of Zacian, Rillaboom, Entei, Hemontop, Araquanid, and Orlucky. But, uh, yeah, otherwise you see Incineroar on every team. Uh, and if you go down the line, um, in this image, there's Rillaboom on every team until, until you get to the Kyogre teams. That all have Serena, except one team has Rillaboom. Uh, and then on the uh, the last half, the Restricteds that are a little bit less common, um, you see uh, a Serena, a Rillaboom, Noah, actually a Moongus as the grass type on the Palkia team that we talked about earlier, uh, and then maybe a, a Venusaur. But uh, every team does feature a grass type. And obviously that is for the purpose of helping to resist against uh, Kyogre, as well as like uh, Regieleki and... You know, uh, it's really important for those Kyogre teams to have a Pokemon like Serena on that team because, again, of that Queenly Majesty. You know, one of its biggest threats is that Grassy Glide priority from Rillaboom, which sets its own Grassy Terrain. And just being able to block that, even with the Grassy Terrain up, is uh, pretty incredible. And um, the last thing to talk about that's featured on a lot of teams, but not as much as the Incineroar Rillaboom, is uh, Regieleki, of course. There are quite a few Regieleki's. Uh, that it's still doing kind of what it's been doing, but I think the main thing is, and I don't know if it was represented in the teams that we talked about, a lot of them are opting to go for a Focus Sash, which is basically just saying, like, hey, I want to do, like, 70% to Kyogre and let the uh, my uh, other Pokemon finish them off. I need to be able to take one hit. Oftentimes, you know, Scarf Kyogre does not outspeed a max speed Regieleki, but they always have that. Tailwind, you know, they have the, the Tornadus. They, they, Kyogre is going to find its speed control somehow. And so, if your team can't exactly, you know, match it, make up for it, at the very least, you can have a Focus Sash on your Regilecki to get some very solid damage on that uh, Kyogre. You ever notice how every format we've had since Regilecki was released, it's been uh, in it and has been a top contender? I mean, that's not a surprise based on its speed, based on the moves it gets, despite it being pretty much locked into mostly Electric-type moves. It is it is that good of a Pokemon, that good of a supporter, and obviously does tons of damage with its uh, ability and toe. Yep. Yep. And uh, so that's uh, one of the main things. Those are the main things that I want to point out. Uh, and then you see quite a bit of Urshifu as well on a lot of these teams. And uh, those are the main things. So, like, if you're really thinking about ways to, um, you know, get into the format, uh, start thinking about, you know, finding... Uh, some good roll compression Pokemon that match up well into a lot of the things that we uh, mentioned. Like, I think Landorus Eye is already one of people's answers to a lot of those things, you know? Regieleki can't hit it. Rillaboom is going to take a Sludge Bomb, and Cinder is going to take an Earth Power. Urshifu, while it might, you know, often run the Focus Sash, is definitely going to be going down to the Focus Sash, uh, thanks to Landorus going for a uh, Earth Power. And so... Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can tackle this format um, when you find the right supporters. You know, another Pokemon that's good into all those ones that I mentioned is the Nialego that we saw on uh, Rajan's team, as well as some other ones, maybe. Uh, Nialego is really good at hitting, again, these same Pokemon. Incineroar is not going to enjoy taking a Meteor Beam, Rillaboom taking a Sludge Bomb, and then Urshifu taking so much damage. It's just about finding the right Pokemon that can really give your opponents some trouble. Um, you know, you might be able to find a restricted Pokemon that can do something like that, you know? Like, there are definitely 
there's definitely room to use some of the restricteds that are not exactly in the uh, the big four that I talked about. Also, is there not a single Shadow Rider? No, I don't know why this image doesn't include the Shadow Rider teams, because I know there's at least one or two or three. Yeah, there's a couple of Shadow Rider teams. They just weren't included in the image for some reason. Um, and so, um, yeah, that uh, that's kind of all, all I really needed to say about the uh, tournament, Steven. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Nothing really, like, I think we're at a good wrapping point, and how just saying, you know, this format still has a lot of time to grow and develop. It's been, I gotta say, you know, watching the few matches that I've seen, it's been pretty refreshing, uh, just around the whole community too, seeing, um, what people have been, what the reactions have been to this format with, uh, without Dynamax, right? It's Mm -hmm. been, it's been so eye-opening, you know, what we've gone through the last, uh, you know, year, year plus now. And just it's so nice to just get back to that uh fundamental Pokemon again. Yes. It's so great. Like I uh I, I very much have been enjoyed watching the uh the games where yeah, the the things are just so much slower. You know, there's a lot more positioning. Um, you know, there's like again, just you know, switching in your Incineroar, there's a lot more of that. Uh, because Incineroar is not getting taken out as fast. But I think it allows for some solid games. Uh from the couple of people that I talked about that played in this tournament. Um, there were a couple of games that gone to time, uh, a lot of it due to that Rillaboom, uh, you know, setting up grassy terrain for so many grounded Pokemon, and when you have to watch every single Pokemon take leftovers every turn, on top of, you know, other abilities, like Incineroar switching in six times or something in a game, you know, uh, maybe six is an exaggeration, but every single time Incineroar comes in, it's going to intimidate one Pokemon, then the other Pokemon, and, um... It's just the games are going to go slower. You're going to reach time, and so um, that's another thing to uh, to consider. Funny that even when we have these legendaries, when you get rid of Dynamax, you know you're allowed to play positional games. Yeah, it's going to be exciting once we if we get to keep this form. If a format will not have Dynamax and take out the restricted legendaries too, that's going to be know. a really exciting time for for us to play. But uh, Alex, that pretty much covers the show this week. I think so. Series 10, the format is uh, now in full swing. Officially, still does not start on Battle Stadium or, like, for real until August 1st. But, of course, we are all getting a big kickstart, um, expecting who knows what for the future. Live events may be coming back. I don't know. Players' Cup 5, I don't know. We talk about all that and the Players' Cup 4 as well as this uh, current format with no Dynamax. It's all been great. So, Alex, I think uh, we're good to wrap up here and get out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Uh, we'll be sure to talk about uh, some more Series 10 in the episodes coming. There will probably be more tournaments. I think there's another one this coming weekend that we'll be able to talk about. Uh, and we'll just kind of see where things shake out from here. Uh, there's uh, still a lot of metagame to explore. I'm excited for it. Me too. Well, thank you, the listener, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And you can send your comments, questions, and feedback to our email at vgchypervoice at gmail.com. You can tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon that they can find us here on the Hypervoice. You can also find our show on a variety of different podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Remember to leave us a review to help us with visibility so that others can find the show. And you can also find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at the Hypervoice. Lastly, you can follow the two of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka and Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC. Excellent. Let's uh, not put too much pressure on ourselves and get out of here. Thank you, the listeners, so much for listening, and stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice.
Alola. Man, you really had to fit that one last pun in there.